Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This is a view from the bridge official podcast of the Belfast Giants for kingdomofthegiants.com. Today's Tuesday, the 9th of January 2024. Happy New Year to everybody. Uh, we're live on YouTube, Facebook, and on Twitter. You can download us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and a load more of your normal podcast providers. If you're watching on YouTube, like and subscribe, all that sort of good stuff. Send us a review if you're listening to podcast providers, all that. We love all that sort of stuff. It all also helps us in what we're doing. Um, on this week's show, <laughs> there's a lot to discuss. Uh, results, news, arrivals, departures, friendship series, player of the month. And we're going to get through as much as we can. And we want you to throw, if you're listening, if you're watching online, if you're watching live on YouTube, if you're watching live on Facebook, um, please join in the comments on the side. I think it's that side. Join the comments on the side and we'll... Um, We'll, we'll bring you into the discussion because there's a lot to go through. We're also going to be joined by Josh Roach and the returning Will Cullen. Um, we have an interview that Simon undertook with Doug Christensen, which is a great listen from, from the weekend. We may have a word or two from uh, from David Goodwin. Let's see. A um, few church notices. Uh, on a personal note, big thank you to David, to Simon and to Gareth Martin for uh, taking the reins before Christmas when I fell ill. Um, a really enjoyable pod and a good rehearsal because I go skiing in six weeks, Davey. So, uh, <laughs> but, 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 but top work, boys. Really, really appreciate that. Uh, and also to everybody, apologies for missing last week's show. A bit of extended Christmas and scheduling and families and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but I hope to those you saw Twitter, the Twitter post, give a bit of custom to one of the great pod, other great podcasts around the Elite League. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for joining us. Normally, I go a certain way around when I do the introductions. Not today. Happy birthday, Sammy Kitchen. <laughs> Happy 
How are you doing, mate? I'm all right, mate. Yeah, something wrong with um, well, Jasmine made me dinner last night because she'd already had plans to go out tonight with her new work colleagues at the Jamaica Inn. So um, I, uh, I'm just chilling at home tonight and I had a podcast to do. So that's how I'm spending my birthday. Spend your birthday with us, boys. Listen, we really appreciate it. You know, what, what better way to do it than to discuss the last few weeks in the Belfast Giants? <laughs> Mr. Majemsey, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year, Patrick. Um, like... Anyone who lives a life like mine, a new year gives you an opportunity to uh, recalibrate and try and hope that the next one's going to be a better one. It gives you that enthusiasm to keep going. So you never know what the new year will bring. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially when it comes to what we've got. We had a fantastic 2023 when it comes to the Belfast Giants. A, a, a grand slam year on something, a year that we will look back on very, very fondly for the successes that it brought. And um, yeah, let's look ahead to hopefully better things, the way things are going for the Belfast Giants. But gentlemen, where do we start? We're going to do this a little bit differently. Obviously, normally in the podcast, what we do now is we work on our way through all the individual results and we, you know, we talk and we break them all down. But there's been that much sort of results, news, arrivals, departures in the last couple of weeks. What I'll do initially is I'll just take you through some of the uh, the results <clears throat> that have taken place in the last um, in the last few weeks. Uh, we start off, of course, with that well six five win for the Coventry Blaze on on aggregate. It was a it was a five four win on a shootout for the Coventry Blaze in the semi final second semi sorry second quarter final of the Challenge Cup. The Giants unfortunately dropping a four goal lead to lose that and Coventry progress into the next round into the semi-finals of the cup and the Giants will not be able to retain that. Um, listen, we'll come to all of this as we go through. Giants went on to a 5-2 win over Flyers and then a 3-2 win away uh, before on Boxing Day travelling to Renfrew to take that 5-2 win after a quick start for the Belfast Giants, a 5-2 win against the Clam. Wasn't so good the following uh, on Thursday night uh, when I... Um, a Cody Saul goal made a greasy 1-0 road win for the clan. Um, and then an interesting sort of set of results, a 3-0 win for the Belfast Giants at home before travelling to Dundee and losing 3-2 in a shootout. And then subsequently losing 4-3 at home in a shootout just to learn out to the five flyers. And the game on Sunday was, of course, cancelled when the Belfast Giants were unable to make the fixture due to issues at Belfast City Airport and fog and unable to travel to Cardiff. Um, before we come and have a bit of a chat all about this, other bits of news. Tyler Beskarowani took time out from the Giants to join Team Canada in the Spengler Cup. Um, he actually came against the Finnish Team Kalpa win in a 6-3 win, but ultimately Canada fell short in the semi-finals to, uh, to Pardubici. Maybe they should have played, Basco. Um, and uh, the home team, Davos, won their 16th Spengler, Spengler Cup, the first since 2011. With regards to players, our guest later on, Will Cullen, joined us on the 4th of January. And then today, Quinn Preston has, re has returned on, for personal reasons back to the United States, uh, or back to North America, sorry. And uh, David Goodwin, former captain, will, is joining us back again um, after a bit of time in Spain. Now, that's all the bits and pieces. I think, listen, if I've missed anything, send us a comment and we'll throw some bits and pieces in. But let's start... Um, Davey, I'll start with you. One of the real things that's happened over the last couple of weeks with the Belfast Giants is that we have gained significant leads in games and they've gone. Why? Mm -hmm. 
Oh, Paddy fell asleep in games, taking a couple of shifts off, and momentum's a, a terrible swing. Like, if we we'll go right back to the 20th of December, maybe that second leg of the um, the Challenge Cup game, and at 4 0, and I know the, the writings on Twitter and even some journalists had said it was game over, and I think Simon had said something similar on the webcast <laughs> as well. Um, at 4 0, and as good a second period as I've seen in a very, very long time in terms of just completely dominate, dominated the period completely and were in total control of the game. And I know that even in, in Kiefer's post-match, he said about switching off for 15 minutes. I don't even think it was for as long as that. So it could have been as little as five minutes where we switched off completely and it was bang, bang, bang. And the game was all of a sudden. I know the fourth goal was was a poor call, officiating the night, but you can't go back on, on one incident through you know through the whole game and, and blame it on that we've taken our foot so much off the gas at that stage that it just became an uphill struggle and then the game tipped again and i don't know whether sam will agree with me or not when they scored their fourth goal we then went to try and get our foot back on the gas left herself a wee bit too much to do dominated three on three overtime and then and as we've seen we've had a few penalty shootouts over the last month um you put a bit of you put a bit of uh, joy division on that, did you? Yeah, love will tear us apart again. It's it's kind of <laughs> like a like a, a it does love tears you apart, don't it? You love this team, and, and unfortunately, we've gone from four 0 up and and Hank throwing the slam dunk to to uh, somehow throwing it away. We've we've we went sleepy in games, Paddy. To answer your question, you know, you asked what's happened here, um, and it can't be down to anything other than a bit of mindset. You know, we. we we can see the goal and then all of a sudden we, we can see them bunches and you know the, the players won't be happy with that the coaching staff aren't happy with it and you heard from the stands the the fans aren't happy with it either simon you know like you look at the way the belfast chance started the game in renfrew against the against the the clan and you know they came out far and they kept bang 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 they got in that lead and they held that lead and they went through and then you flip that mentality to the games where we have, because like obviously that game against the 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 Blaze wasn't the only game in, in the last number of weeks that where we've went to in a lead and then struggled. You know when they've started to come back at us. So you know you, we see that the Giants can get those leads. We see, you know, but it's holding on to them, which has been the problem. You know, I was sitting thinking about this a few days ago. Over the last few years, we found ways of winning games from losing positions. Yes, and of late, it's been flipped on its back where we find ways of losing games from winning positions. And it, I think it's mental. I think it's a mental problem. Um, I mean, when you look at the the 4-0 the lead against Coventry, for for example, Davies just touched on it. We absolutely dominated. I want to say the first 40 minutes. First 20 was a bit of a cat and mouse type of thing. And we got the lead. Second period. It was probably the best period we played all season. And then we just stopped. I mean, literally, we got a couple of goals at I think it was the start of the third period, and we just stopped moving our feet. And we talk about momentum in games and how how important it is. And, and if you sort of get a little bit of luck going your way and puck luck and bounces, and and Coventry deserved to get, you know, what they basically did in the third period for our play to them. They deserved to go through to the next round because you can't keep doing that. I mean, it was 4-0 lead there, the 2-0 lead against Dundee last weekend, or the weekend before, sorry. And then um, there was another 3-0 lead as well, which we, we coughed up at the weekend. Or two Was it 2-0 the weekend or 3? Three. three. You know, three. We, we can't keep doing that. It's, we, it's, 
three so, against Dundee. Isn't it three against Dundee, three against Fife? You know, it's it's so it's so difficult. Sorry, just remind. It's it's really frustrating because you know and you've seen the ability of this team. I know we've. I'll just come back to this. But the uh, we've seen the ability of this team. We've seen that you know in the in the Champions Hockey League that they were you know they they stuck together. They they were able to put fluent game together. They played sixty minutes against top level opposition. They were able to shut out. We talked about Partabicha there in the in the Spengler Cup and you know getting getting to the final of the Spengler Cup. We shut them out at home. We saw this team was able to show the, the ability that they had, and then, yes, we've had we had times through November. We're like, hold on a minute. Well, maybe this is just short lived. Maybe this is just short lived. They'll be fine. But to drop goals that we drop leads, significant leads that we did against Fife, Dundee, and Coventry, is a worry. It's absolutely a worry. And Adam and the coaching staff are trying to address it. And you know, when you're, I don't want to start blaming individuals um but when you're when one guy switches off you might as well be playing shorthanded and it, it's the whole point of of trying to i mean that that four nil loss that that four nil lead against coventry losing that night was probably the lowest that i felt as it working since working for the giants in the last two and a half seasons and it's it it hurts i i'm not a player I, you know, I do my best off the ice for the for the organization, and it's hurting me. And sometimes when it, you don't see it, and the the effort which we're asking guys that all we're asking for is to give it their best, a hundred percent of the time, on the ice for sixty minutes or sixty five minutes, whatever it is. And unfortunately, we're not getting sixty minutes performances. We're getting thirty. We're getting forty. We're getting forty five. We're even getting fifty minutes. And then you're switching off for those five, six, seven minutes and. Other teams are getting into the games, and that bit is a concern. I don't like you see how hurt Adam is, and I've seen some of the tweets that have been getting out regarding attacking individuals, whether it's players or coaches. Guys, it has to stop. It's a low, I mean, you have to catch yourselves on. It's how to go. People are, hurting, people are looking for reasons, like I get I understand. people. Are, Reasons and they do, but and people will get you know passionate on Twitter and they'll, and they'll point fingers at individual players. That's just that's not just Twitter. That's happened. Like I used to do that. I used to do that back on the forums and and, and shit like that. It, that's just the way people sort of vent their anger. You know, I, I, understand, I understand. I understand what you're saying. I understand that you know maybe it's 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 not on at times, and some of the stuff does go beyond the pale. I totally agree with that. But people are still going to vent their anger. I, and I, I have no problem. Now, listen, we've Adam's vented his anger in the locker room. We vented our anger in the in the office, and we're we we know exactly what the guys are doing, the fans are talking about, but some of it's getting very very personal, mm-hmm. and it's affecting individuals, if you want to put it that way. I mean, and and we took Davey took did a a speech at the start of the season at the one of the end of one of the shows about behind each other, and when we're and we we we're this is a low point for us in the last four five years. Um, and it's tough. It really is tough to get going. We're sitting in third place. And it, it's a lot of people think that the world's over. It's not. And let's, let's make this abundantly clear. The Sheffield Steelers are absolutely outstanding this season. They are playing some really good hockey. They've got a brilliant team. And they deserve to be where exactly they are. We're not that far. I think, I think it's two points behind Cardiff, is it, right now? Yep. You know, and... and, and you know, obviously with the game there at the weekend, we maybe had a chance to go ahead, but it's 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 one of the ones where 
it's hurting everybody within the organization. And we just need to get together. We really need to try and support the team through this difficult period. Changes are being made. You know, are they all done at the minute? I don't know. Um, it's up to Steve and Adam and what where we are right now. The fans have asked for, for change in their opinion. Ultimately, that doesn't matter because it's up to Adam and it's up to Steve and it's up to the coaching staff who comes in and who goes out. And hopefully, with what we're talking about earlier about Collies being changed and Josh Roach, let's talk about Josh Roach as well, which we'll go yeah. on to talk about shortly. Yeah, yeah, you I'm know, Josh Roach is a really important cog in this wheel as well. So, and then obviously Goody today. So, it, it's it's really hurting everybody within the organisation of where the where the results have been and, and games that we've lost from winning positions, and that's something that we're not used to. And hopefully, hopefully, we can start to turn that around. Davey, you were going to come in there. Just to sort of say, it, even in the game where we were 4-0 up, we're not driving home leagues. Like that four, I've seen Scott Finley saying there, I thought it was going to be 7 or 8. If we, if we hammer home when we're in a strong position like we have, we haven't we haven't converted enough. Like I'm sure if those that love the stats, if you went into our XG for, XG against, game on, game on, game, we should be scoring more goals. And we didn't score goals at crucial times a game. And maybe if you're five, six, seven nil up against Coventry players, well then it doesn't matter if you take five minutes off. We're giving teams hope when they should be out of games. We're we're letting them stay in games where they should be gone. And then you throw them a you dangle a carrot for them and all of a sudden they're back in the game. And momentum, as we talk about many, many times in hockey, it can get you can you can ride momentum, but you can also and I think Simon's saying there about things on Twitter and stuff. The Belfast jersey is probably one of the heaviest jerseys in the league and not everybody can, can carry it. And it's difficult whenever then people are on top of you as well. And uh, I can read the comments coming down the side here. Professional sportsmen should maybe be able to, to take this criticism and, and that's a fair comment as well. However, some people handle it differently. And the world has changed in that 10 years ago when we were going, or 15 years ago, when we were early elite league days and things were terrible as an organisation and as a league and the product wasn't great, you didn't really have Twitter to go on a moan. We sat in a bar and you had a pint and you slagged people off and you went home. It's in your face. These guys, whether you say they should be able to, you, you did it. <laughs> These guys are able to pick a phone up and if they search for their own name or, or whatever, for whatever reason they're reading this, it's hard. I wouldn't, I, I, I am the softest critter as as small as you tell I, I hate criticism. I, I find it very, very hard to deal with. And when people get at me on Twitter for being a happy clapper or whatever, I I, I take that dead personal. Um and I can only imagine what it must feel like to be a professional sportsman and have a thousand people, five thousand people booing you, or you know, would it motivate me negativity, poor negativity into something doesn't necessarily get you a, a positive outcome. I think we said that before, but listen. It is what it is. We've dropped really, really strong positions, and that's unacceptable. And, and Adam has to deal with that. That's his. That's where he earns his corner now. And George Awada and Rob Stewart and, and Jeff Mason and all the leadership group within that room have to step up and be counted. I'll say that to, to finish it with a positive note. In at the end of the year last year, after twenty whatever, hang on, got it here on my phone. Um, here we are. After 24 games played at the top of the league, the Guildford Flames had 43 points. 
uh, Sheffield Steelers have played 25 games, one more game, and have got 45 points. We are in exactly the same position, game for game, at the top of the league as what there was last season. Now, is it more a bit dog-eat-dog dog blow? And are the teams blow the Sheffield Steelers not in as good a form? Are we as are we in as good a place as we were 12 months ago and go and close that gap? We're probably two or three games behind where we were and we probably don't have quite as strong a roster in terms of putting the puck behind other goaltenders and the Sheffield Steelers are flying and are deep. So it's going to be an uphill struggle to get there. You can only go one game at a time. And I just hope that these little changes change mindsets, bit more leadership coming into the locker room. Rochi coming back, like having a new player in. Um, David Goodwin coming back, tuned up. You know, so all we can do is go one shift at a time and hope that the mindset changes and that we'll start to get a bit tougher and one win becomes two. And all we can do at this, it's early, it's in the year. All you can do is hope. That's the hope that kills you, isn't it, Paddy? That we can take one step one chunk at a time because otherwise we're playing for nothing so you've got the hope that the, this team will turn it around and start chipping in that lead Sheffield hasn't came up against massive adversity yet they haven't came up against it's not our position on this podcast to list out the, the, the adversity in terms of injuries that the Belfast Giants have gone through it's nearly 200 um, games in terms of guys missed games missed this season almost 200 games now I know we've been able to bring in replacements but it's been difficult. Mark, Mark Cooper's hardly played in the last whatever amount of months or amount of weeks. You're missing your captain. You know, there are reasons why we're a little bit, but in terms of those big leads, you should be closing the end games. Right? Game management hasn't been good enough. There's so just, changes, following up, just following up on the on the Steelers thing, Paddy. I mean, I watched, I went back and watched one of their games there at the weekend, I think, against Cardiff. They were absolutely brilliant. Um, I mean, they're, they're getting really good goaltending. Um, they're getting guys you're scoring. They're, they're they're playing four lines every single night, and you've got to hand it to them. I mean, look, as much as it is the hard, you know, the the say this about Sheffield, it's going to take some effort from for any other team to to beat them. Whether it's even just an individual game. I mean, they're on a great run of form at the minute as well. Um, but you know, credit where credit's due, they've been absolutely absolutely outstanding this season. So this is so this is I'm going to go, I'm going to move on quickly to, in a second to um to the changes that have taken place. I don't know I missed out. Uh, my apologies, I missed out Johnny Curran there. Just from something Davy said, remind me of it. But this ultimately is what where this league is. And I had a conversation um earlier this week. Who's I think it was with Scott Finley actually, but about um you know about where the this giant sits and you know how you know we've come after a grand slam and and the comparisons that are met. And yes. You look at the Sheffield Steelers side; they they kept a lot of their core, and they've and they've tweaked it the same way we did two years ago in the last year's Grand Slam. Last year's Grand Slam team was more or less the same team from the year before, with one or two or three little tweaks that sort of pushed us to the next level. You know, especially when Tyler Beskarani came back in. Now we've went through what the 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 curse of a of a top level side is you lose a lot of those players. Some of them are coming back, but you go through that change, and there's a lot of comparisons being made between this side and last year's side, and I don't think that's fair because last year's side were out of this world, you know, um, exceptional. And we've went through the changes, and we've tried to recruit to a similar level, trying to recruit to the same level with the resources we have. It's not; it's probably not happened. Probably not happened. They're still trying. We're still trying to develop. We're still in third place, given the fact that we feel that we've had a bad season. We're in third place. 
<laughs> and only the Sheffield Steelers, who have an exceptional season, haven't lost an away game yet, which, considering we're in the new year, is remarkable. That's where we sit. Now, let me bring... The, sorry, one final point is, that's how this league works. It's transitional. Every single year is a tra- transitional year. Every single year you try to rebuild, you try to put the same sort of teams together and you try to win the league. This year, Sheffield have put done it and they've done it well. And it looks like they are in the box seat for the league championship. But it's up to us. It's up to it's the up to Nottingham. It's up to uh, Cardiff to stop them. You know, that's just how the league competition works. One quick thing I want to say is like the changes. We, Johnny Kearns moved on. He's went back to <laughs> back to Coventry. He's scoring for fun. But you know, Q's gone today. We've got um, Goody coming back in. Rochi's back in the lineup, which is great to see. We've got um, Cully coming in as well, who's come back in. It's great to have him on the blue. These are the sort of mentality changes of bringing in some of the mentality from last year, some of that winning mentality from last year, and guys who know says how to play in this league. Yeah, and, and hopefully again they can pass that knowledge down. But let's be honest. I mean, David has the stats regarding um, David Gubin and what he's won as a captain uh, in the Belfast Jams organization. I think he's the most successful captain we've ever had, and you know he knows how to win. And and when I was speaking to him, he was in Belfast about four weeks ago. Um, and it's funny. I mean, obviously we we'll, we'll don't get a chance to uh, we'll get a chance to speak to him soon, but. When you when you look at the at when he was here four weeks ago and saying and he was you know Robert was doing his best to try and get him to stay don't go back to Spain you know stay here and you may as well enjoy the Christmas and enjoy the weather and let's be honest I mean <laughs> weather in Northern Ireland certainly no, know what, what it's like in in Northern Spain um, and I remember sitting joking he he loved the new dressing rooms he he seen he, he really liked the changes that would made about the arena um, and uh, he said at that stage. No, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm really enjoying Spain. Blah blah blah. Three, four weeks later, he's now back again, and I think that little trip to Belfast when he was here four weeks ago played a massive part in that. But you know, we just have to take one game at a time. Try and I don't want to say forget what's happened so far this season, but guys, you, you really just need to step up. And I mean, Adam was in the locker room this morning. The boys were back in practice this morning. Um, and you know, he's he's basically told him what's expected. And uh, David just brought up a point regarding the weight of the sweater of the Belfast Giants. We do put pressure on the players that come into Belfast to win. Sheffield do exactly the same, Cardiff do the same. Right. You know, I'm, I'm sure Glasgow would have done the same this year with the amount of money they've spent. And and uh, you're putting their team together, Nottingham obviously in difficult circumstances. Davey did that earlier this week. Don't start the money thing. Davey did that earlier this week and all the Sheffield. I didn't. He didn't start it. No, but, you know, every if you're a professional athlete, there's pressure on you. Make no mistake about it. And some people handle it better than others. And, you know, we were very, very lucky last year, Paddy. We, let's be honest, we didn't play great up until November. And even through November, we struggled. And obviously, we got those two losses against Manchester at home. And that was a catalyst for change. And, and obviously went on, a, I think we won 12 in a row after that. Lost two, won 11 in a row. And is this team capable of going on 12 and 13 game streaks? It's going to be very, very difficult. But it starts with one. So, you know, obviously this weekend is going to be a tough, tough ass against the Nottingham Panthers. And hopefully the guys can come together. We can basically just recalibrate the whole thing and get ready to go. Because, you know, hopefully, as I say, Collie's going to be back this weekend. Rochi, who 
we're going to talk to you very shortly. I thought did very well on Saturday evening. It was great to see him back. Um, and uh, the leadership of, of, of Goody coming back in again. And hopefully, as I say, those guys know how to play in this league. And it's a, it's a big, big part of being successful. A couple of things. I know we've got Josh Roach waiting in the wings. We're going to come to him in just a moment. Just one last sort of thing to round this sort of out between the two years. I'll start with you, Davey. What position are we in now? We're looking at the back end of the season. Oh, sorry, we're more or less at halfway through the season. I don't think we are even like games-wise halfway through, but we're more or less now on the final sort of the three months of this season. What position are we in? With the changes, with with the league, with the league, with the changes, with the way we're playing, with what we can do. Oh, you mean you mean a, a bigger question than we're we're third? Third? Um, yeah, yeah. I've, well, yeah, I'm sort of expecting and, you to go. And, we're third. As I said, and before before Simon spoke there, Sheffield Steelers are in exactly point for point same position as the Guildford Flames were last season. We're a couple of games back from where we were last season, and we're coming off a slippery kind of you know few months that we've had with that we weren't good in november last year we weren't good early december and then we went on a run so it's about going on a run right it's about and was simon said exactly what i said it starts with one period it starts with one shift it starts with one game you know go and win the first game this weekend it's probably the most important game we're going to play for a very long time is the first game in this run that we need to put together and goody will call and roti all these guys coming back and just we just need a galvanizing effect here and we just need to get one win under our belt and see where it takes us. See where it takes us. We've got Besco back in now after Spenger Cup exploits. Jackson, who I haven't mentioned at all, came in and had to play back-to-back-to-back-to-back games that he hasn't played in a number wow. of seasons yeah. and done remarkably well. Nice, strong tandem going forwards and that's there. Jackson, obviously, the games he plays gives you the opportunity maybe to roll that extra import as well. So, you know, let's get bodies fit. We say we're still missing our captain, still light injured. Um, guys, maybe that have been carrying those little knocks, we'll be able to get them rested here over the last ten days. It's been a busy, busy month. It's been a busy, busy December, and we've came through it. And we are where we are. And all we can do now is go best foot forward here and see where one game at a time takes us. Simon, what position are we in? Don't say third. Yeah. Um, like, I, I, I know, obviously, we've got what's going on behind the scenes. So, it's um, would I like to be in a closer position to Sheffield? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you can only do what you've got left to do with half the season left. The first half, let's be honest, has not been good enough as a group. Um, as results, as a, uh, performances, it's not been good enough. Um, and I, I, I genuinely think we can get better. I really do. I think we can still go on here um, and, you know, do, do you aim for second place? Do you aim for third place? Do you aim for the playoffs? Do you aim for, you know, we obviously were at the Challenge Cup. Um, it only takes, you know, ultimately, you only need to win three games to win the, um, the playoff title. And, you know, it's one of those ones where Sheffield are going to take some catching in the league. But, We've still got an opportunity to win a trophy at the end of this season. Coventry have done it from eighth place about five or six years ago. Cardiff have done it for, from third and, and second place over the last couple of years. Um, it can be done. And, you know, it, it, it's, it, you just basically try, as David touched on, try and get on a run, try and get some positivity back in your play, try and get some, you know, more goals going happening. I think Besco 
the rest of the best goes out over the last two weeks. Could do him a hell of a lot of good as well. Um, I've seen him in practice this morning. He's looking good. And Jackson, again, you know, he's had a tough ask over the last couple of weeks and playing five games in that space of time. And it's great to have him back playing back-to-back games as well. So um, I think we're I think we're in a better spot now um, than what we were a month ago. Um, doesn't maybe some people might not think that's the case, but uh, with the changes that we've made and uh, we're you know knowing Adam as I know him, I think we'll uh, we'll start to pick up from here on in. Um, we'll come. We've got a few loads of other things coming in, in today's show. We've got the player of the month coming. We've got an interview with Doug Chris and what we're going to go on with now. Oh, one more thing. Congratulations to um to, to Gavin Kelly, who was the emergency backup for the uh, Five Flyers uh, in the game that was took place. Obviously, Gavin's been around the club for twenty odd years, and he's been I know he's been a, a key part of the, the setup down at uh, Dundonald. And I know that he was when we had our goalie problems, he stepped in and and Fife called him up, and he was able to be on the bench and got the win <laughs> with the Five Flyers in the uh, at the SSE. So yeah, congratulations to Gav and uh, and um, and fair play to him. Yeah. I was going to have him barred from the arena after that, getting on the winning yeah. team, and we're just yeah, that's him out the door. Did he celebrate? <laughs> Did he run at the ice to celebrate? That's what I want to know. I was kind um, of from, I, I seen on his Twitter that he watched the five flowers on Sunday night, so you know he's a big flower now. He did the lap, he did the lap and clapped the five fans, and also but I know fair play. He, 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 he lived the wee dream we'd all love to have lived. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. Yeah, can't 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 knock that. Right, let's go to the first of our uh, of our guests, a man who, well, when things were getting tense at the NIC in the playoff final, he looked around at mm. us all and he says, "Lads, calm down. chill, calm down, it's all right." And he was right. He's back on the ice. Please welcome to Views from the Bridge, Josh Roach. How are you doing, mate? Hello, thank you. How are you guys doing? Doing very well. Good to see you back on the ice, mate. How did it feel? Uh, a little bit surreal. Uh, it was a long time coming. Um, nice to kind of see something full circle, but, uh, yeah, the whole day I was pretty wound up. Um, and that didn't really fade throughout the game, but overall, uh, I got through it. First one's done. So on to the next. Obviously, you've you've spent the first half of the season just watching on and dying to get they're dying to be part of this team. You're saying that you know the the sweats came, the nerves came when you when the time came to put the skates back on and get out there. Absolutely, like in practice and whatever else, you can only kind of do so much, and it's hard to mimic any sort of like game like scenarios. Um, nobody wants to be the guy to like come and hit you and do whatever and, and potentially hurt you. So um, you try to get your little hits where you can. Um, but overall, yeah, um, kind of the next few games, I think I'll settle in. Um, but for sure, some nerves that first one. Rochi, you made the decision to stay in Belfast and rehab rather than maybe go back home and, and do it. Lots of school visits, lots of charity stuff to keep you busy. But was that, was that a good decision in hindsight? Uh, I think so. Yeah, it was nice to, like I said, kind of start the process here and see it through here and not kind of have to go home and sort things out with physio and doctor visits and whatever else there. Um, and like you said, it gave me a chance to kind of do some stuff away from the rink that maybe we don't get the opportunity to do during the season. Um, so yeah, I definitely enjoyed the off season a little bit different than what I was used to, but, um, could see myself doing it again. And, and Patty and in, in his intro or in his first question there talked about, well, let's briefly talk about last season, Grand Slam, the playoff final, one nil down to Cardiff and tensions were a wee bit high and 
and you did come in, you went that did you just have that feeling you knew somebody in that team as they did last season, somebody kept stepping up. Steve Ari obviously in the final came up, but you just came in, you went, everybody, it's gonna be okay. Uh yeah, if I remember correctly, I think there was like an explicit in there too, or maybe a few. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, <laughs> but honestly, uh, like you said, I think it was just a matter of time. I thought um throughout the game we were kind of slowly taking over and just like weren't getting the break. Um, and then um Bomber from Gary kind of started us, and then from there, I think we just settled down um everybody on the ice and whoever was in that suite, and uh it was happy days from there. Hi, Josh. Simon here, big fan. Um, the uh, the weekend itself, obviously, you know, you, you, you're back on the ice again. Um, was it you that sort of did a little spell to bring the fog over Belfast and and uh, make Northern Ireland come to a standstill so you could get only one game at the weekend to just blend yourself back into the way of uh, a doubleheader weekend itself? Uh, honestly, not going to lie, I think that might have been a bit of a blessing. Um, like I said, I felt pretty good, but uh, I played – more than I kind of thought I would. And then to the travel and to play back-to-backs right off the bat um, might have been a big ask. So the the longer we were sitting in the airport, the more I was kind of thinking maybe this is a real thing. So like I said, maybe a, maybe a blessing. But um, I think the boys kind of enjoyed their day yesterday. We got together and, and had some fun. So that was good. Was it, you know, we were sitting on the bench and, and you're maybe playing 17, 18 minutes. Was it? Was Adam staying, you know, on, on on top of you to say, make sure you're okay, you know, you know, not to give you too many minutes, not to put too much pressure on you in your first game back? Uh, yeah, we had talked about it a little bit before, and then I think more so the onus is just on me, like coming to the bench and understanding. It's like if I don't have the gas or I'm not feeling it, maybe to be like, hey, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready, um, and we should send somebody else out so I don't hurt the team. Um, but I think being able to kind of just roll my shifts and not have to sit and wait and do whatever else might have been a, a little bit better. Um, but yeah, I think just like jumping right back into it was probably the best case. Just when we look at last season, you know, there's a lot of people refer to Besco coming back as when we really lifted off. Um, and while that's, you know, part of that's very true. I mean, when Besco came in, we, we did really, really well. But I, I think they're doing it yourself a wee bit of injustice here because when you come back last year, uh, you know, you could see a real difference in the team, in my opinion. I don't know how the other boys feel. Um, but obviously you're coming back again this year after that, you know, that bad injury that you picked up back in February. Um, does it feel does the locker room and I know you've been around the boys, I know you've been practicing with them over the last couple of months, but does the locker room feel, you know, different now? Or is it is it one of those ones where you know, is there a different feeling in the room because of the way things have been going of late? And do you think we can obviously manage to get that turned around slowly but surely and push on for the uh, remainder of the season? Um, Yeah, maybe a bit. Like, definitely for me, um, I missed the entire first half last year. So I kind of came in as a new player and not really kind of knowing many of the guys. And then this year, obviously, kind of being here from the beginning and seeing things and how they've uh, – gone in our course of events and whatnot um it's been kind of a unique perspective um but honestly i think as of late um we've kind of understood like what we need to do and what it's going to take um a little bit like i said like different dynamic obviously i think we have a little bit of a younger team but um overall everybody that's in that room is kind of with each other and we know kind of what one another brings to the table and it's kind of 
you know what, if you can do that, then I can do my job. And then we just build off of that. Ultimately, no, I know you were you were sitting in the background there where we were having that chat just about the last number of weeks and you got the, uh, you know, the gist of how we were approaching it. The last question I asked to these boys was, you know, where do we sit? How do we stand? You know, from from your point of view, going into these final couple of months, these final three months of the season, where do you think we stand as a team? Uh, I think we're in good shape moving forward. Um, like you guys touched on with Sheffield, I think it's probably a big ask for us to catch them or anybody to catch them. They're in pretty good form. And unless they kind of slip um, significantly, it'll be hard to catch. But um, overall for us, um, you touched on a couple of additions. I think having some familiar faces come in and who are comfortable and kind of know the city and it's just an easy transition will help. Um, and then like Davey touched on, just like getting a streak started, we have two games at home. If we can get both wins, you know, we go on the road next week and play Nottingham again to start. So I think just like one game at a time, obviously we have to like, think about that because we've been struggling. Um, but we need to, we need to get on a little bit of streak and play with a little bit more confidence, I think. You've been one of those guys who've you know, come in mid-season. You, you've done it. You're the last season. You 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 see that you know, we are bringing back you know Cully. We are bringing back good guys that know Belfast Giants. Guys that know the setup. But how difficult is it to come back in or to come into a room midway through a season and try to affect a change? Uh, it can be difficult, um, obviously, and especially when um, as a group we have our ups and downs and are struggling a bit. But um, I think with anybody coming into the lineup, new face or somebody coming from injury, it's just adding value in whatever way that you can. Um, if you're not scoring that night or doing whatever, you're in a slump, just blocking shots or getting the puck out or just keeping things simple so you're not hurting the team. Um, and I think, like I said, if everybody can add value on a consistent basis, we'll win more games than we lose. How do you, you feel coming into this weekend then against Nottingham? Um, I'm feeling good. Like I said, um, we had a good day when uh, when we got the Cardiff game cancelled. Um, a day off the following day, so a few a few solid practices this week. Um, and I think like we're excited. Like we we know what we're capable of in the room, and I think it's just like a matter of time before like we just like string it together. Well, listen, Rochi, it's great to see you back in the ice. Really good to see you back in the ice. Really good to see you back in that Belfast Giants shirt. And um, we look forward to seeing you all the way through the stretch and the, to the end of the season. Thanks for joining us, mate. Very nice. Thank you. Um, Cully is actually in the other room. He's going to be on my computer, so I'll just... Okay, I'll drop you out. He can, once he all comes right, back. Cool. Thanks, Cheers, Bye-bye. Big thanks to, to Josh Roach, who's now off. To get Will Cullen, but you know, and as we said, Davey, just there, you know, having a player like Josh Roach come in, especially on the power play as well, a guy who likes to quarterback that power play. Given the way our power play's been for this season, let's be fair, it's not been top notch. But have Roachy come into the side should improve that. Um, it, it added a little bit of fluidity. I don't want to say that anybody that was was on the power play before wasn't performing well. You know, it gave gives different people different opportunities to play part play time that they would normally play but he came in there you've charlie curdy probably on one line and, and and josh on the other one now slip slipping on about at the top of the of the umbrella there so you know it gives adam another another option with the extra man so that's a good thing um josh has obviously won here plenty before he knows what it is to be a giant he knows how important the 54 league you know game league season is not everybody i don't think all the new guys coming in have maybe got just that it is a grind and 
you know, maybe we're through the dog days now and maybe this is a, a chance to get that, you know, best foot forward is what we're talking about. Uh, right, let's crack on. The uh, well, I think it's just being set up here in the background. Another man who's back with regards to the Belfast Giants, another Grand Slam winner and uh, who's returned to the Giants just in the last few days. Please welcome back to View from the Bridge, Will Cullen. How are you doing, man? Hey, guys. How's it going? Not too bad. Welcome back. Yeah, thanks. I uh, appreciate the, the warm welcome. Everyone's been super nice since I got, got into town, so it's been good. How has the return come about? Um, <clears throat> I think after um, I left like the first team I was on this year in Europe, I kind of wanted to come back, um, but there just wasn't really an opportunity. So obviously when this came along, I, like, I jumped on it and I, I wanted to go back and be a giant again. So I'm excited how it uh, played out and just can't wait to play again. Let's take briefly back to last season at the end of last season and winning that Grand Slam with the Giants. You know, the, the, the celebrations were phenomenal, but it shows you just what, what a great team that was. Yeah, I mean, we had a we had a great group of guys, and um, obviously we had a we had a lot of success. And um, I, I I wanted to come back right away. I mean, it, it was just a lot of fun, and I had a lot of great memories, and I'm just excited to be back. Honestly, what what is it? Well, you know, tell me as a Belfast man, what is it makes you want to come and live in my town? Because like, our bar, so... what? Um, <laughs> just. <laughs> You're not allowed to say Hart Bar. Yeah, that might play a factor too. No, um, (laughs) just just being able to come, you know, to this rink every day and like the support we get from the fans is it's uh, obviously one of the best in the league. And I've never felt like uh, from an organization like so much like um, like they just want your life to be better outside, like away from the rink. And um, like they do a great job and we appreciate everyone that that uh helps and there's a lot of moving parts that goes into this and um doesn't go unnoticed we definitely appreciate it right back at the start of the season we were talking to some of the newer guys that came in we almost asked this question on a weekly basis about how important it is to be happy away from the rink and maybe through the the hard month of november and december there where results haven't been going our way People haven't maybe had a smile on their face like they could have, but look, a new year gives that opportunity to, you know, reset and and get a wee bit happy and and start getting the wins going again here. Yeah, I mean, um, obviously there's there's been a few changes. Um, hopefully it'll be like a breath of fresh air for everyone that's coming in and the new guys. And like at the end of the day, we're like we're a good team, and we just need to get over that hump of closing games out and and. Uh, Winning, winning them by that goal difference or whatever it may be, you know. Well, when you obviously you know you, you know what they expect when you're coming back into Belfast. You've you've been in the arena before. You know the the uh, um, the way Adam expects you to play. Um, you were on the ice this morning for the first time. Um, How did it go this morning? Yeah, it was good. Um, everyone seemed, you know, happy and up at practice. So I mean, that was that was a good sign and. We had a good skate today. Um, we did some battling and got better. So I, I'd say overall, like the day of practice, it was a it was a success. And um, yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. It's uh, I definitely think it's it's nice that we're starting the new year and um, we'll be on a, a higher note for sure. 
you look at what you know the guys that came back from last year. You've got Wesson and Besco. You've got Roche. Um, Hanks obviously back again this year. Uh, you mentioned that you played with um, Aaron Azarian uh, going yeah. up as well. Does that make it easier to, to settle back in again? Because you know it is. It, it's um, obviously there's a lot more people, a lot more new guys in the room than what there yeah. was last year for coming into it. Yeah, no, it's 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 really nice being able to play with guys that you know you've played with before, and it makes it an easy transition coming into a room where you know you have good buddies and um, you, you don't feel as alone as you know you usually would if you're going to a new team where you don't really know anybody and obviously that everyone speaks english that's uh that's always a plus uh, is that is that harkening back to that move into europe do you feel that that yeah, was uh, yeah there's only one other north american so it was it was tough at first but i mean it, I, I settled in but obviously it's it's a lot easier to to settle into this room and um, a lot of guys that you know about or you've played with, you played against in the past. Um, but it's it's a great group of guys in that locker room, and I'm excited to to get to lace them up this weekend with them. I find that I find that a really interesting point because obviously, you know, the whole whole idea of you know have skates will travel, having a trade that you're able to translate across, you know, across the the, um, the Atlantic and come over to Europe. And do that, but it's not just as simple as that, is it? It's not as simple as just basically saying, I'm going to go and play in Slovenia, I'm not going to go and play in Italy, I'm going to go play in Sweden. There's an integration, and the language side of it is huge. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and kind of last year when it when it was my first year in Europe, um, that was a big reason I, I chose to come to Belfast was the that the language barrier like wasn't really there. Um but it definitely is an adjustment and um, it's not always like the easiest transition for sure. But obviously here it's, it's much easier. We do, so, we do find it difficult with your accent. Will. Hmm? we do find it difficult understanding your accent sometimes. Yeah. I mean, right back at you, Kitchy. <laughs> uh, I, I told some people, I was like, I need at least a week or two to get, you know, get the uh, people's accents back again because it definitely is a change. But I, I got pretty good at it last year. <laughs> Go on, man. Give us an example. Well, I mean, I was sitting next to Dicko <laughs> oh, wow. the entire year last year, and he was <laughs> kind of just saying things, and I would nod. I, I'm pretty sure I told you guys about this, but I would just like nod and. He'd be waiting for me to answer. I would just never answer because I didn't know what he was saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'd just kind of laugh and be like, and then he'd look at me. And he was like, it's this guy's problem, probably, is what he was thinking. And then you've and then you got Garcet. I mean, we still struggle to find yeah. out what Garcet said. Actually, I, I sat next to Gary too, and he's easier to understand than Dicko was. <laughs> Let, let me let me put a question to you coming in from John Ford, who's, who's watching along. He says, you've come back to a different situation in Belfast with one cup already gone. How different is it to come back as part of the solution to turn this around and, oh, and, and battle for the other two? Yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously not easy to say. Like, we, we've got a lot of work to do, but I, um, I think that's something that, you know, everybody in the room understands that, you know, we're, we have a winning culture here and we need to, you know, we need to get the job done. And 
like we got to work hard for it it's not just going to come you know and how's the preparation going for for this weekend against Nottingham? it was good today we we had a great skate and i'm sure we're just going to build on uh because we, we definitely got better today in practice and we're just going to build on that the next two days and um be ready to go here for this weekend well Kelly, listen it's really good to see you back Really good to see you back in the side. Welcome, welcome back to Belfast. We look forward to seeing yeah. you on the ice. And um, Thanks yeah, for having me on, guys, I appreciate it. Good to see you, mate. Take care. All right. I'll talk to you guys. Bye. Thank you. Cheers, Colin. Big thanks to Will Cullen. Um, and says I'll go to you on this. You know, a grand another Grand Slam winner back with the Belfast Giants. Look, he's a good guy. Um, Laura and I went and picked him up at the airport there on Saturday. Um, he was exhausted after all the traveling. Um. But wanted to come to the game and he actually watched the game and then he had, he had to fly out yesterday to sort a few bits of paperwork with for his his um his uh, work permit and what have you and he's back and everything's sorted now so he'll be ready to go this weekend and he's really looking forward to it. I had a chat with him this morning, um so it, it, like seeing the more people you have around you who have won before to pass on knowledge whether they're 21, 25 or fifty five, the more people that you have that, that know. He just mentioned it there and I, you know, Belfast are used to being a, a winning culture. And that's something that we need to just get in their head that, you know, that we, we do expect guys to win. We do expect uh, trophies at the end of every season. Um, and it's disappointing if you don't get them. So um, I think it's great to have him back. I think it's great that, you know, Hank's back, obviously. And, and at the start of the season, you know, I know there's a lot of moving parts. And when you get offers from from leagues like Slovenia and, and, and that was all due to being such a good player last year. I mean, Divya, I, I can't remember many points he had last year, but I mean, up until November especially, he was absolutely superb. Um, and it, it's 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 tough to try and hold on to players when they're getting their eyes opened by hockey and prospects and, and ultimately, you know, a, a better league in Slovenia or whether it's uh, Kahn's going to Slovakia or Austria for Steve Ari. You get all these different offers and, it's very, very difficult for us to hold on to them. And they, they move on because of the success that they've had here and they want to try and emulate that when they go away. And sometimes it doesn't always work out. So it's great to have him back. As he says, we we, we talked to him earlier in the in the season there when, when he left Slovenia to head back to Toledo. And um, luckily we've, we've managed to, to get a deal done for him now. And he, he's, he's back in uh, wearing a Belfast Giants jersey this weekend. We did invite David Goodwin, uh, who was announced today. Uh, we did invite him to join us on the show. He came back to us, unfortunately. He's, uh, in his own words, he's undertaking some trains, planes, and automobiles. He did take a moment on a very noisy Spanish train to send us this. Hey, Giants fans. Uh, David Goodwin here. Uh, I'm all the way back to Belfast from Spain right now. Unfortunately, I'm not able to join the podcast tonight, but I will be joining you guys soon. If you if you're listening to that or just like on an audio only podcast, trust me, if you listen very carefully, David Goodwin is there. He's on a noisy Spanish train. I think he's on his way to Barcelona and uh, to, to fly in. One person, uh, they said, one person who was very happy at this announcement is an old friend of ours in Dahi McGarn. Somebody else came back. Hey. He was our captain last year. Goody. Goody's back. Yes! Yes! <laughs> 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 
Fantastic! Just it goes to show with like how much it means to these these kids. So that's really good. Dahi McGowan, big thanks to Martin for setting that through. But David, in David Goodwin, one of the Belfast Giants getting what is com- what is coming back into the locker room now? Um, well, you're getting leadership, uh, and we were talking about um, losing games from winning positions, and that comes down to um, mindset, and you know sometimes you need someone to to keep you in check. And uh, uh, the Mark Cooper, obviously, as the captain, being out injured has, has been a massive factor. And, you know, l- missing that little bit of leadership at times, you've you seen games where, where Coops came back into and, and things looked a wee bit rosier. And then, obviously, he's going out again. And yeah, I, I've obviously no idea in the status of that. But, you know, good he come in. He gives you, um, you say, he brings that leadership. He brings a know-how that he's done it before over however many games coming up, I suppose, on 200 games, maybe, I'm sure, certainly 150-plus games for us. He's won, he's lifted trophies, and he knows what it's like to go through, and I used the term earlier, I think it was Jordan Boucher that first put it on this, the dog days, he knows what it's like to go through hard times and come out on the positive side of it. See, we're not that far behind where we were last season. Sheffield Steelers aren't that far ahead of where Guildford were last season for the third time in the podcast, I say this. This season still has 50% to run. It's going to be a mammoth task and it's going to be an uphill climb every single night. But every journey starts with one foot in front of the other and that's all we can do. And David Goodwin will be at the front of the queue going, follow me, boys. Says, what's good he bring into the locker room? What does he bring onto the ice of the SSC arena? Yeah, I think it's very much the same. You know, we're just... We look like a team that just wants somebody to go, do you know what? I want to grab this by the back of the neck and throw it forward. And hopefully Goody, um, again, having a chat with him earlier this week. Um, he's really looking forward to coming in. He's already spoke to Steve and Adam and Laura um, and uh, basically said that he wants to be involved with any community events that we'll have organised. And pretty sure he's probably going to be put to work straight tomorrow night um, with an event that we'll have organised. So it's uh, it, that's exactly what you, with that buy-in and that, you know, the mindset, um, it's certainly, it's refreshing and, and, and great to hear. So, um, it's great to have him back, and uh, and again, you know, the, the captain role or the leadership role that David Goodwin can be there. And you know what? It's not just, um, but it, uh, you don't need to see in your chest to be a leader. Um, you don't need an in your chest to be a leader, but he can help Mark Cooper, and he can help Ben Lake, and he can help Jeff Baum, and he can help Kieran Long, um, and basically be a leader within that group. It seems Tyler Besker, you know, Besco. Is a, is a big leader in that group as well, and he doesn't have an eye on his chest. So it's um it's the it's the it's the experience um that it's it's going to be important um and uh, hopefully and knowing David Gubin as I know him, I know he's going to be hungry. He's not coming back here just to make the numbers up. One last thing before we move on to the player of the month, David, just bringing it back to Will Cullen. You shared these these uh, statistics at the end of last season. It just goes to show the numbers wise what he brings. Yeah, the, the very bottom one is is actually one I, I didn't think about. There six man of match performances from the back end. It's very good, especially when when you say that fourteen goals, twenty nine assists, um, fifteen primers, a lot of hits, a lot of blocks, shot sh- shoots the puck, shots on goal, very good ratio there. He brings a little bit of everything. You know, he's 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 not the saviour of the Belfast Giants here. I don't think we're going to be expecting Will Cullen to be Scott Conway. But if Will Cullen can be Will Cullen that he was last season, we've got a very, very good hockey player. 
Here, here. Right. Um, Dur- durable, I think, was 75 games we played last season, says. And he yeah. played 72 of them. So durable as well. Um, so let's get him back in the lineup. He's he's played 28 games in Toledo, so he's fresh. He's, you know, he's ready to go. Player of the Month for December. Um, we asked for your nominations, and from those, we've drawn up the following short list of four. I've not done the video for it because I ran out of time. Uh, Jeff Baum, Oliver Cooper, Bobby McIntyre and Davey Phillips will be the nominees. The poll will open on Wednesday morning and it will go on till Saturday and it will hopefully be awarded after that. Big thanks to Phonacab as always for their support. Gentlemen, I will start with uh, Paddy. Uh, you want me to choose? Okay. Yeah. From, Jeff, from Jeff Baum, Oliver Cooper, Bobby McIntyre and Davey Phillips, I choose Jeff Baum. I think Jeff Baum has come in on the back of his injury and, and coming back into the team. He hit, he hit the ice running. Uh, he was hitting everything. He was solid at the back. He was a leader on the ice. I was very, very impressed with what, what he's performed, how he's performed the last few weeks. And for that, he would be my player of the month for December. Simon? I'm going to go for Bobby McIntyre. Um, you know, he's come in there at the start of December. Uh, I think it's 12 points. I mean, obviously the game there, the weekend was January. So that I think he had 12 points in December. Um, including four goals. It's it, you know coming into the team that we have. Um, it was you know take a breath of fresh air. He was he was straight on the power play, but he also brought a bit of energy about him as well. I thought he, you know, I think he's been a really good addition to the locker room and in the in the, in the on the ice as well. And um, really liking his game so far. So uh, for me, Bobby McIntyre is the player of the month for November, December. December. If you're watching, if you're watching live, if you're on YouTube, if you're on Facebook, if you're on X, tell us who you're going to vote for. Davy, who have you got from that? That is Bomber, OC, Bobby Mack, and Davy Phillips. I put my comments. Not that anybody reads my Twitter, but the other day or my X, um, honorable mentions, massive honorable mention to Bobby McIntyre. Simon's just called his numbers there. Oliver Cooper came back into the lineup and, as we expected, cleared the way for other people. Came up with a hat trick against Fife, but also, you know, created a lot of space and a lot of havoc. And I think he played at times with Laker. He played at times with um, Greg Prince. And that's a big, heavy line when those three were going together. So I thought he'd done really well. Davy Phillips came up with his first goal for, what was it, 600 days or something, Simon? Massive 657 days. Um, and, and put in... What was very unfortunate for him not to be a man of match performance. Um, a very, very long month, but I thought David Phillips was exceptional as well. But for me, Jeff Baum played in every situation in the month, quarter play and the power play, penalty killing at times. Um, and for me, Jeff Baum senior son, Jeff Baum Jr., Jeff Baum. Yeah. Month. <laughs> <laughs> the as, as I said, the uh, the poll will open on Wednesday morning. It'll go all the way to Saturday evening ahead of that second game against Nottingham. Get your votes in on X slash Twitter or whatever you want to call it these days. And we will award that uh, the Aviation the Bridge Player of the Month for December. Big thanks to Photocab as always for sponsoring and looking after the award. Um, a couple of things to do before we round everything up. And we've got a lot, that uh, Doug Christensen interview coming in just a moment. Um, the Friendship Series took place this last weekend between um, Princeton and Providence. Uh, it was a series win for Princeton, 2-0. Uh, a 6-1 win on Friday and a 2-1 win on Saturday, the two games of the weekend. And it was 
Simon, a fantastic event. It was excellent, man. It's another one to add, you know, the, the, the what we do um, and what we've done over the last number of years. And um, Princeton and Providence coming in and doing a great job. And, and um, you know, it, it, you just see that, the you know, it's like a breath of fresh air again coming in. And, and a lot of people uh, were in the arena who don't normally get a chance to be in the arena. We got a lot of schools in uh, on Friday with a lot of youth groups in on Saturday. Um, and, uh, you know, over the weekend, I think it was 6,000 fans um, for the two games, which is, uh, from according to the, the coach of uh, Princeton, um, she was saying that, you know, it's more fans than these girls have ever played in front of before. So, you know, that's a really good um, message that they're taking back to North America. And I know that the schools are already organized for next year. Um, and, you know, obviously we've fallen off the back of the Friendship Series. You've got the Friendship Four coming in and if in 10 months time which i'm going to be honest i can't wait for i think it's going to be absolutely amazing you know the four teams that are lined up for that it's going to be absolutely sensational i'm sure you're well you've probably got your flights booked already patty i mean i can't wait i'm not that i'm not that i'm following any one team specifically but uh <laughs> what's, this hang- what's this hanging up here hold on that's just a pure coincidence a pure coincidence that just that's how I, who, I can't remember who gave me this, Davey. You did, mate. But yeah, no, it's going to be a, it's <laughs> going to be um, going to be a, a fantastic thing. Is his frozen there? Or is he just like fixing his hair? He seems to have frozen. Davey, let's come to you then. The friendship series. Ah, oh, mate, look at it. Twenty-two orange women on the screen. What's not the love? It's, but that aside, I know I've said before, if you can't see it, you can't be it. And I know Johnny Harvey saying it's amazing for um, his little daughter, Poppy, to be able to see women playing hockey. Because if you can't see them playing hockey, then you can't be that hockey player. You need to be able to see it to, to live that dream. And you talked about Gavin earlier, you know, going on and, and living his dream as a, as, a, as a hockey player at the Odyssey. And he obviously, he wanted to be with the Giants. But to get to live that dream out. So this is, and I've seen so many positivity messages from mums and stuff that were down there, but great for dads to be down there too. Let's take nothing away. The women's game is every bit as much hockey as, as the men's game. And delighted to see them wanting to come back. This Delighted to see big crowds in there. And, um, you know, really looking forward also to the, obviously the friendship for coming back in at Thanksgiving in, in November. But, uh, you know, a really, another really great event put on by, the staff at the arena and all those volunteers that do such great work for our organization um the the uh, the winning team uh in excuse me the winning team in princeton obviously come from the ecac conference uh, whom the commissioner is now a man responsible uh for one of the championship banners in our arena uh, doug christensen spoke with simon at the weekend on the webcast it's an audio only one but we we it was so good we thought we would share it with you uh today on this podcast so enjoy Booby trapped it. Absolutely, Lee. He could have given you it the way around. How's things? I'm good. I'm good. Yourself? It's good to see you back yeah, in Belfast it's again. It's great to be back. Um, it's been a while. We're just talking about Mark Garcia. We were we'd seen you drop in the puck and and uh, you gave him his chance in in Edinburgh and they obviously brought him to Belfast. So you know this guy very well. I know him very well. I've uh, seen his music. I've seen him in as a kid. It's it's it, the fact that he has three kids right now has blown my mind. <laughs> I mean that's another that's another level. Indeed. Uh, back in Belfast for one reason. Yeah, well, not really one reason because you love the place anyway. But you, you get the opportunity to come back with in your new role uh, as commissioner, and you must be really pleased the way the event went for the friendship series. 
It was outstanding, obviously, from an ECAC point of view. Princeton to win both games is fantastic. But more than that, it's, it's the opportunity for the student-athletes for both Providence and Princeton to be able to see Belfast, experience it, understand what the city has done around the sport of hockey. And then for the women, in many ways, it's an opportunity for them to showcase the game to a next generation, people who might, might not be exposed to women's hockey. And that obviously grows the sport. And it was fantastic. I think we probably had 6,000 people here the last couple days. Uh, that's wonderful. Well, I want to take you back to Belfast. Um, 2010, you came in here and you uh, won a championship. You obviously had three great years here. Uh, what, what's your memories from back then? I loved it. Um, I've said this many, many times. It was three of the most enjoyable years of my life, more the, some of the most meaningful years of my life. Um, things went well professionally. We obviously won a championship. We had a ton of fun, but, you know, we played the Boston Bruins. We did a Christmas video uh, that went a little bit viral, Absolutely. I think. You know, we did, we did they still really, play it every year as well. Did they really? Well, you know, that's, you know apparently uh, they don't have enough other things to put out there. But, no, jokes aside, I mean, it, was, it was really great professionally. And then personally, I met my wife here. I got married here. Um, so just all of the things, being able to go into the restaurants and walk close to where we lived and go to all the different places was just really special. And so for me, uh, coming back in a different role, uh, this is the first time I've ever watched a Giants game from, from the stands. So uh, it's a different perspective, but it's obviously really enjoyable for me to be back. The 10 years that you've been away, um, there's been a few changes around the city as well. I mean, you've been here for a few days now. Have you had a chance? I know you've spent a lot of time in the arena, and you've been obviously, you've Adam Keith, you've, you know, you've been sitting like every time I've been in that room with him. <laughs> you've been there all week, you've been speaking to Steve Thornton. But watch, again, look at the, the, the bigger picture from the city itself. Has anything caught your eye since you've been away? Well, I mean, I'll just start with the building itself. I mean, when I was here, you now see the extra seats coming in, and they're there all the time. And they only came in for big games back in the day. You see the improvements to the locker room. I mean, the Odyssey Pavilion is growing and expanding and, and, and doing great. And you see the whole area of the Titanic Court. I mean, when I was here, when I started here, the Titanic Museum didn't exist. Now, by the time I left, it did. Yeah. Um, but so you see that area of growth. And then you see all of the reinvestment of new bars. I mean, you might be surprised, but people do find their ways yeah. there when they come across. And so you see new bars and new pubs and, and new restaurants uh, throughout the town. And then it also maintained a lot of the ones that are like those really cool cultural places, cultural restaurants that... Um, are fun to showcase to our people who came over from Princeton and from Providence. And obviously, I mean, you left from here and went somewhere else. We're not talking about Sheffield. Uh, but uh, leaving Sheffield, you get a chance to coach in the ECHL. Um, you were there at the Indy Fuel for a couple of years. And now you've ended up in a really important role with the, the commissioner's title in the ECAC. And it's not just a friendship series that we've held here in Belfast, but it's the Friendship Four, which we're looking forward to coming again back in November. Well, I, I'm ex I can't wait to come back. Um, obviously, we're going to have four great teams. Um, obviously, from our league, we'll have Harvard. Um, but, you know, leaving here, uh, I've been able to go on and go and do some really fun and interesting things, and I've learned a lot um, in terms of both from the coaching but then also from the front office point of view and now in the role that I have uh, overseeing the ECAC. And so I've seen different sides of the sport, but I think the one thing that I have always really enjoyed and really appreciated and cherished is what the sport of hockey means to Belfast. And you look at the world today and you see all the different things, but like Belfast has rallied itself in many ways around this area yeah, of the city. Absolutely. And that's special and it's unique and it should be celebrated not just here, but everywhere else. And so anytime I have an opportunity to talk about what hockey can do for a community and what hockey can do um, in an area, 
it, I talk about Belfast, and then by that extension, you can see how you know the women playing hockey today can carry on that legacy in a different way. Uh, you mean you, you've obviously brought us Adam Keith, which we're very grateful for. Um, you know, we played 379 games as a player here. He's approaching the 400 mark as a coach. He, three championship league titles, four Challenge Cups, a playoff title, um, and you can just see the fans still absolutely adore them. I mean, I joke. I mean, they're going to build a statue of him. Absolutely. They, they will. Um, you know, there's very few players who just have it. Yeah. And he played with passion. He played with energy. His teammates loved him. I enjoyed coaching him. Sometimes you had to rein him in. I mean, you could argue that that Never. line. That, you really? Know, <laughs> that there might, yeah. But, I mean, people now probably today, at least I, in my experience, would think about Mark Geyerside, Daryl Lloyd, and Adam Kiefer line. And Mark Garside was the one who would be up top yeah. and then just watching the craziness that the other two were doing. Yeah. Um, but they were entertaining and they were passionate. And then you see him grow as a person and into what he is now today, not just for the Giants, but also for the community. I'm just really proud of him um, and, and, and seeing the success that he's had as a person, as a professional. Um, I'm proud of him. And, and, and I think Belfast is really lucky to have somebody who is so fully committed to this team and to this city um, as their head coach uh, for the previous years and for years to go. It, it's, when you were here and you had him as a player, could you see that? I mean, we all know, you know what he did as, as a role model within this team. He's a heartbeat of the club for so many years as a player. But did you see, the, the, um, did you see him becoming a coach? You know what? Not in the way that he is now. Um, I saw him growing. You know, it's hard to see where somebody's going to be 10 years. But what he was able to do was I always saw him as somebody who knew the game and knew how to relate to teammates and how to push people. And, and as that skill, you, you'd see how you grow from you know, being an assistant, as he did, and then becoming head coach. And then you see him. But what I hadn't appreciated um, was how much of a student of the game he was. And that, I think, has really grown for him. And which has allowed him to take that passion and that energy that he had and then add that knowledge and experience to now you can see. I mean, obviously winning the treble last year and winning, you know, uh, tons of games every single year and championships are always in and around it. So I didn't see that next hockey nerd evolution, yeah. but he absolutely has it. Um, and so for me, it, it, it's fun because, you know, he and I, when we talk, sometimes we'll talk hockey and. Um, it, it's fun to learn from him and talk to him and, and, and pick his brain. But it's also within your role and within your what you've 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 seen in North America. There's, there's a lot of contact between yourself and Adam, and I know that you've recommended players to him. And I know we've got some guys here that I've seen you with Bobby McIntyre the other yeah. day. Um, yeah, you know, especially when I was coaching, we talked on a regular basis. Most recently uh, was Bobby McIntyre. And I would describe Bobby McIntyre in many ways. And I actually use this, and, 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 and I don't mean this in, in a they are opposite players, but Jeff Mason, Adam Keefe, and Bobby McIntyre have a little bit of the same thing in common. And what I mean by that is there's a real passion and an energy for the game, and they carry a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, and they all bring something different to the team. But that, that uh, excitement when they come to the rink every day, they all share. And so for me, Bobby, uh, I really enjoy him as a person, really loved coaching him. Great and, guy. Really and great you know guy. what? I, I, I think he's going to be great here. And I hope he, you know, has a great stretch run for, for the Giants. And, you know, where that goes from there, who knows? When we look at the, the 2010 Belfast Giants, 2011 championship winning team, 
and you look around the crowd and you obviously talk about the East End being in we've sold out more or less every game for the last four or five weeks um, and the season ticket numbers this year have broke all records you, you see I don't know if, what, what you were told when you were, you were here as, a, as the head coach that back in 1999 2000 when the chance started we were told it would never last it was, it was a headline news in the newspaper that said the Belfast chance never last we're approaching our 25th season now it's a credit to so many people you know, it, it goes back long before I was here, but, you know, people like Jim Gillespie who spent their hard-earned money to keep the Giants not only in the community but also successful and also having that importance of what it meant to be a Giant. And then, you know, to see the Odyssey Trust come in because that last year here was a little bit yeah. different for no, me. Absolutely. And there are a lot absolutely. of factors that, you know, were at play. But for the Odyssey Trust to come in, and I said to Robert Fitzpatrick and I said to Steve Thornton, this is a testament to them as well and their vision as to what it was, what it could be, and then now where it can go from there because, you know, the, the, the foundation was laid by lots of people. And, and one thing I will say is that there are so many people that I've seen here downstairs, you know, Lynn or Taff or Gordy or whoever, who've been here forever. Yeah. And they've had thankless positions from time to time. But those people were the ones who were the thread from – you know, 2000 to today, and without the people who have done that, the, who've, who've been the ones who have been helping with apartments, been the ones who helped with cars, helped with sponsorship, or just helped a player and in their transition from yep. North America to here, they're the ones who helped make it what it is because the, the, the one thing that has always been the constant has been the people here, and the people are unbelievable, and they're a lot of fun, they're, and, and they're genuinely caring and want to make sure that whether it's a player, a player's mother, a player's parent, uh, a player's wife, that when they're here, they're treated like family. And I think that that's really contributed to the, not just the success of the team, but also to how the players have felt. And then by that, when they leave, how they speak about it. The... We've already touched on the, the friendship series, obviously Princeton and Providence, the last two days. Uh, the student-athletes have absolutely loved it. I've had a chat with a few of them. I interviewed the head coach of, um, of Princeton the last two days after the games. Um, and you can just see how, not, yes, Princeton won the both games and, and maybe a little bit of luck on their way Helps. today, but that's 5 yeah. three. Uh, but you can see how much they've enjoyed the trip. We hear it all the time from the teams that have gone back after Friendship Fours. And, and now we've got arguably the biggest setup and the biggest teams in a group that are coming in November in Notre Dame, Merrimack College, uh, you've got Harvard and you've got BU coming in November. Now there is some people who will listen to this from Fife for argument's sake uh, here tonight and we're going to put this out I think on the podcast this week as well. There's some people that still don't get the friendship war. They just don't get they, they see the Belfast Giants and I'm going to come to the Giants games but the quality of hockey that these players and these student athletes put on in the competition, not because they're playing for points, and that's, it's intense for the for their group stages back in North America, and it's the only place outside North America they play for points. But they're obviously getting the championship, as we you know we, we call it back in Belfast as well, and we see it as we've been very fortunate to see some absolutely incredible players who've come through from from these setups. Ross Colton played here for Vermont yeah. in 2016. Three years later, he scores a game-winning goal in the Stanley Cup final. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's just insane. And we're going to have kids who are going to be playing for those four colleges this year that they're going to be playing the NHL in two years after this. Well, I, I think the first piece is 
it's a phenomenal event for the student athletes in the schools to be able to come. But for the people who are here, you know, Boston University has Macklin Celebrini right now. Macklin Celebrini is going to go number one overall in the NHL draft this year. He's not going to be an NHL. He's going to be a superstar in the NHL. And you have the opportunity to see a player like that come here now, whether he stays or goes after he gets sure. drafted, all those other things are things. But those are the types of players who can come here. And the more that people tend to look at the players who might be coming, I mean, every single player who is a defenseman for Harvard this year is drafted in the National Hockey Every single one of them. So you're seeing these players at a key moment in their life and a key moment in their development. And I would actually say that, you know, it's not dissimilar. Every single person who's above maybe 22, right, can look back at their life between 18 and 22 and look at the, how much they grew as a person. And these players are coming over here and the opportunity to see the city, to be able to experience the hockey. So they get to see that. And they also get to see it matter, right? Because the, the NCAA tournament, which is, you know, obviously what we play for in the United States, is all computers. So your every single win matters in the same way that, you know, if, if, if Belfast is playing in Fife and they lose, it matters. Yeah. It's not like, hey, you know what, it's North America, we're going to make the playoffs. Every single point matters, and the college hockey is the exact same. So, like, I would almost just boil it down to college hockey is the same as the Elite League. Every point Every game matters for where you want to get at the end. And I think that that's the really fun part for everybody to be able to see, witness, and then obviously see these players as they're building to where they're going to go. Belfast versus Fife tonight. You've watched the first two periods. Um, or have you watched the first two periods? I, I know Robert's in the same box. <laughs> so he's probably burning your ear. But um, what's your thoughts in the first 40 minutes? Hockey's improved since I was here. I mean, I've said that a lot of times. Um, obviously, there's more imports now. So there's a bit more depth. Whether or not that's a good thing or not is a conversation probably for another day. Um, but it's certainly improved the overall quality of the league. Um, you know, I mean, Belfast had more than enough opportunities to really stretch the game open. Five clawed a couple back. Uh, but there's no question who the better team is right now. It's just a matter of Belfast, you know, finding an opportunity to score a couple goals and, and put the game away. But um, the, the, the hockey has certainly improved. And the atmosphere has improved, and that's really obviously a credit to to Kiefer and Steve building a team that they have. And now they got to go finish the job tonight. Okay, listen, it's been great having you on Belfast Giants TV. Thank you very much for your time. It's a lot of fun. We're Hopefully, you can do it again in November. Absolutely. Oh, don't you worry. We will. And I love getting Ralph Cox on every year. And I mean, he's, he's just an absolute legend. Um, and we will go have Steve Metcalf and everybody on as well. So, do you know what it is? Do you know what it is? And a big thanks to, to Doug Christian, you know, and, and big thanks to you, says, and the guys at uh, Jan's TV for, for sending that through. And I just felt it was worth sharing because it just, it shows just the passion that, um, that Doug has, says, and it shows why he has been as successful as he has been since he left the Belfast Chance. Yeah. And look, you know, he holds a really, really important position um, in hockey in North America. And it was it was great to talk to him again, and you know, and obviously you know coming back in the Belfast as winning a trophy back in 2010, 2011, whatever it was. Um, but uh, you know, and you could see how excited it was to be here again. Um, and obviously he, he spent a lot of time in Adam's in Adam's office, and and they were ready for lunch, and they were just it, it was just great to have him about the place, and. And it's brilliant when we get the opportunity to host, you know, these NCAA schools, whether it's the, the guys or whether it's the, the women's teams. It's it's just, it's an honor uh, to have them here. And, and you know, especially they leave, the girls, one of the girls' teams, I think it was Providence, left on New Year's Eve, flew over overnight, um, arriving into Belfast, arriving into Dublin, sorry, on the on New Year's Day, spent the day in Dublin, then come up 
the next day to Belfast, uh, went straight onto the ice. Then the experience, you know, they went with one of the schools. I think it was um, Rosetta uh, Primary School that the Providence went to. Princeton went to two Brooklyn's Primary and Dundonald. Um, and they you, they get the experience and pass on the experience that they've had, and and they speak so highly about it. And but it's the big the biggest part of it is when they go back to North America, and they tell everybody else at how good it is to Belfast. And look, when the guys do that, then we get players potentially interested coming back to Belfast. I, I can't remember. I think it's approaching fifteen players that we've had through the NCAA. For, sorry, friendship for that we've had in Belfast that have now played in Belfast. Yeah. Um, and we've been very, very lucky with them as well. So um, long may it continue. I know Robert, uh, Steve, um, uh, Martin, and now Sarah Fraser, they set up the new uh, friendship series, Friendship Forward Legacy, sorry. Um, and they're going to, you know, look to try and add different things. And, and obviously they ring the bell as well. Uh, have you read it? Have a chance to read it yet? I've had, I've, I've, I've had a good go through it. Yeah, it's excellent. It really is. I like the statistics that are in it are phenomenal. I love that. That's one of the things that I've got from it. The real breakdown in the Ring the Bell book of the statistics and the different players is brilliant. And then you cross-reference. So if you're a nerd like me, you then cross-reference that to the lads who have gone on to play in the NHL. And you see exactly the level of the player that we get to see in this tournament. Yeah. And that's what I've said to Dougie. You know, there's this kid, Macklin uh, Caliber or Celebrini or whatever it is, uh, that's playing in BU at the minute. He's 17, yeah. and he's playing in, in the NCAA, you know, top top league, top levels of NCAA as a 17-year-old. And from if you do read his elite prospects report, he's going to go number one, which is just absolutely insane. I'm just hoping to send him back down again so we can actually get him here next year and we can see what he's like. Because as Dougie, Dougie was telling me about him after the interview, this kid is absolutely sensational. I mean, he's right up there along with, Connor Bedard and, and all the younger young guys who've came along the same sort of level with him. So, look, I, I honestly can't wait for the Friendship Four in uh, December, November, sorry. Um, I think it's going to be absolutely incredible. And, uh, yeah, really, really looking forward to it. Davey, just before we move on, you know, one of the posts, uh, I put a thing on Twitter there while I was listening to that interview because – Doug Christensen, in his time here, he deserves a lot of credit. He sort of steered us through some turbulent waters. He he, he referred to that in, in his interview. But, you know, with regards to us hearing a view from the bridge, he was always very generous with his time. And he speaks so well. He speaks so um, erudite, erudite about the uh, He's so erudite about the club, about, you know, it was a proud city takes pride in you and, you know, how he approached things like that. He was he was a fantastic coach for us. Yeah, and he obviously took the, the decision to go to, to manage the Sheffield Steelers or coach the Sheffield Steelers. He was offered a, a huge budget. I'm not bringing up Don't start again with the budget. You're going to get the Sheffield fans on us again. That was the, that was the press release at the time. And that was Doug's own right, words that he couldn't turn down the opportunity to work with such a large budget that he wasn't going to have that in Belfast. We were in that transitional period. And to be quite honest... It's the sliding doors effect. Doug went on to Sheffield. Steve came back in here. And look what's happened here in the last decade. You know, um, how lucky we were to have Steve Thornton come back into the organization. All the good things that have come from that. Doug has been a fabulous part of our history in terms of Belfast Giants. Going forward, he's going to be a fabulous part of history in terms of what he's going to bring with the Friendship Four. And look, brilliant interview with Says and a text you when it was going on Saturday night. Get this on the podcast. It's cool. Yeah. 
absolutely brilliant so it's absolutely brilliant really good interview and I see a lot of good feedback coming from people who've been watching along live big thanks to that um we've got a couple of things just to finish off and one of those things david is uh one of the person one of the people that um Doug Christensen actually mentioned the sort of that thread to the Belfast Giants is Jason Taff Ellery. Better say something nice about Taff. I was, I was very, very fortunate at Christmas to go out, me, Simon, Taff, a wee thing we'll go out every year for Christmas dinner. Where do we go? Cypress, Cypress Avenue, wasn't it? Cypress Avenue. Really, really nice. We had a wee Christmas dinner. Taff had to leave before the end to go and let five in, maybe, was it? Yep. Um, late night anyway. Sacrifice. I, I got to spend a couple of days with him down there. The guy's a magician when it comes to folding tiles. Saying he, he taught me how to do it. He had a he had one tumble dryer completely folded, and I was still in my first one, and it's in and away and, and away from you, and set it down in a certain way. And the last night I was home, so the twentieth, maybe the thirtieth, we're playing the game, and it's it's coming up to midnight. Simon had to go and, and do stuff in the office. And I was helping Taff with the tiles. Jordy Beatty was around and Jordy was full of them when Taff came in. He was just like, Jordy, stop. I can't even look at what you're doing. Just stop doing it. Would you just leave them down? I'm going to have to do them all again now. And Jordy was just going away. And then Jude came down and Jude's obviously Taff's protege there. Jude's a hockey player, by the way, but he helps Taff out there and, and he, he can fold the tile just for the best. And me and, Taff, me and Jude were racing, but like the, the work Taff puts in and the hours he put in over Christmas was phenomenal. Yeah, like those guys get to go home, just go in, get washed, have some food, get out of the arena, go and rest up for the next day or whatever. Taff's in there washing the sweats for the morning, washing the tiles, washing the kit, setting the locker room up, drying the kit so it's all there. Like was it what was the game, Simon? Was it the boxing day one where the, the guys the guys played so he was in the arena all day from like seven in the morning, the five game, washed all the gear, helped load the bus. Went to Fife, got the what Pfeiffer or Glasgow, whatever it was, to the hotel three in the morning. The boat was delayed. Got all the kit out, puts it out in a conference room, puts the fans on, so the guy packs it all up again in the morning, so they can go on on the bus to Fife or whatever. He just he puts in great shit for this. He's obviously paid for it, but like he puts in over above and beyond what what the normal man on the street puts in in their day to day, and you know we're very thankful that he's part of our organisation. Did he go to Cardiff? Did he get to Cardiff? Obviously, no, he would go to Cardiff. No, no. no, yeah, everybody, because we, we were at home on Saturday night, everybody was flying on Sunday morning. So they were, yeah. they, they were in the airport for six hours. Um, yes. And unfortunately, the uh, flight didn't take off. So, um, yes. you know, as, as contrary to what a lot of people say, we don't actually have our own charter jet. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but even if, even if we did, we still couldn't take off because it was the weather. Um, but uh, look, it was funny. Some of the tweets that were put out at the weekend from from uh, fields so far um we're, we're quite humorous like but just to let people know um we have never missed a game due to a flight being um postponed or cancelled um in the elite league era so we have the uh and you're give you give you give a shout to your admit taff go on says you can do it like, like you know he, he, he works his tail off um it's been approaching i think it's his 20th year actually in belfast Maybe at the twenty first, um, but uh, look, we all know what he brings to the table, and it's, it just he, he he wants to make everything as easy as possible for the players to give them no excuses um, when they're on the ice. So um, that's, that's what the organisation does. It's we, we we everybody involved off the ice at the arena tries to make things as easy as possible for the guys to play the game and give them no excuses. 
So hopefully, as I say, that you know everything that he does is appreciated by the boys, um, and uh, he does. He just the hours he puts in um, are, is just incredible. But since he got the new washing machines at the arena, he's knocked a couple of hours off that because uh, they went out and spent a bit of money last year to get new washing machines for him. So I know he gets a couple of extra hours in bed um, throughout the week, but it's not an awful lot. I seen just when when he mentions the washing machines. We put a wash under or the drying thing takes half an hour, the wash takes half an hour, whatever it is. He put it on and he shut the door. He didn't have a watch on, he didn't check anything. And we went back up the locker room, we're doing other stuff. And he says, Grab that trolley there, go back down. I says, Oh, it's half an hour up. He says, Come on. And we walked down into the in the laundry and it went ding ding ding. And the machine. <laughs> he, he's just got an internal clock. He timed himself half an hour. He didn't look, there's no clock on the wall, he's just back. He's just he's just in tune with his job. We call him the magician, don't we says because he disappears when the bell came. <laughs> I shout out to Taff. Well, one of the key parts, one of the key cogs in the operation of the Belfast Giants and in the success that the Belfast Giants have had over the last number of years and the success of the Belfast Giants going forward. Um this has been you know, normally you no know, we do news and all sort of stuff. Not doing that this week. It's the news stuff because it doesn't matter. We're trying to catch up on all this stuff. The Belfast chances has been solely Belfast chances. We've done a lot of and a bit of you know friendship series, but there's been a lot of stuff to catch up on. Two games this weekend, both against first two games of a three-game series against the Nottingham Panthers. Two games at home that begin with Friday, 7 p.m. and Saturday, 7 p.m. both against the Nottingham Panthers. Before next Saturday, we travel to Nottingham for that third of a three-game series. Um, great crowds the last few weeks. Says, how's it looking this weekend? Yep, it's getting. Uh, it's going to be a busy weekend again. The seats are still in at the East End. Um, and then we've got the Arena Cross next week, so everything's got to come out. Um, and then I think they're actually talking about them back in again in February at some point uh, because the address is just it's 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 unbelievable. I can't thank the fans enough um, for you know continuing to turn up and and support the team. So it's it's absolutely brilliant. Nottingham finally found a bit of winning ways after a long period of uh, of defeats. Obviously going through a bit of a tough time. Uh, over in Lower Parliament Street, but they finally found a, a win against the Five Flowers, and they come in to Belfast. Is this their first visit of the season in the Belfast? I can't remember if it is. Um, I should have checked that. I think yes, it is. It is, it is yeah, but we'll it twice away. So a double header in Belfast this weekend. Friday, 7 p.m., Saturday, 7 p.m., both at the SSE Arena, of course. And if you can't get down there, then follow it with Mr. Kitchen on Belfast Giants TV. Any other business, boys? Yeah, um, congratulations. That's a couple of weeks old now. Congratulations to Kieran Long and Hannah Long. Um, oh, on birthday, Jonah. Um, little Jonah. Um, uh, he's absolutely doping over him. So, uh, yeah, he'll have his. He'll know what says his bread's buttered now, believe you me. So, um, but yeah, great to see. And, and um, yeah, he's back in, and back in the lineup again now as well. So he's allowed out. <laughs> well, I think I sent them a message saying, welcome to your new life, mate. Things are going to change. Because that's what people kept telling me when I when Rushy was born. Things are going to change. Yeah, but congratulations to the Longer and the, and the Hannah. That's uh, wonderful news. Wonderful news. And, and no doubt it's, uh, they're having a great time as a family. Uh, Davey, anything from yourself? Nope. Business. Nope. I feel like it should have. I feel that there's something, but... Go on. Figure something. No, I can't, I can't remember. No, nope. no, 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 no. All right. Fair enough. Well, that's it then, boys. We'll start to wrap things up. Um, 
those two games, as I said, 7 p.m. on Friday, 7 p.m. on Saturday against the Nottingham Panthers. You know what that's like. You know, it's um, it's never forgive, never forget. Nottingham Panthers, doubleheader at home, Friday, Saturday, 7 p.m. Can't get down there. Giants TV. Big thank you to Josh Roach, Will Cullen, David Goodwin, Marcin and Dahi McGowan, and, of course, Doug Christensen. And this is for that interview. Big thanks to you two gents. Good to see you and a happy new year. Oh, one more. Happy, happy birthday, says. Thank you. <laughs> um, you can get us at on X or Twitter at AVFTB. Facebook, you can get us on uh, kingdomofthegiants.com, podcast at kingdomofthegiants.com, YouTube, all this sort of stuff. And, um, yeah, the uh, send us an email, podcast at kingdomofthegiants.com. We still don't get any emails. But anyway, big thanks to everybody. Hey, who's- play the Panthers at home this year. I'm just what? racking my head. I think we'll beat them four. Four two, four three, in December. Yep. But they played. Yep. Yeah, we beat the Josh Hirsch in December. Yeah, it wasn't. See, that's where my head is. Well, back in my head there. Yeah, yeah, it was. This goes to show the research and put that we put in to uh, to a view from the bridge. Thanks for joining us, everybody. The uh, big thanks to everybody who's been joining us live. We really appreciate you guys uh, who've been telling, and all you guys who are tuning in. Like and subscribe. Send us a review. Do all that sort of stuff. And uh, wherever you are this weekend. We hope you enjoy your hockey. We'll catch you here next time on A View from the Bridge. Sports Social Podcast Network.